You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. We have a great episode today, and I've been sitting here kind of trying to figure out how exactly I want to structure this because we have a couple big announcements as well as a nice episode as well as some stories from yours truly. And so I think the way we're going to go about this is I'm going to give you one announcement up front. We're going to get into the episode and then stick around because we're going to have another announcement after the episode. And then, as usual, you know, I'll jibber and jabber towards the end. So I think that's what we're going to do. And so we're just going to get into it right now. So first big announcement and kind of what this episode is about is we have our first partner jumping on the show with us, and that is Private Water Fishing. And so today, uh, the owner, Steve Alexander, is going to be on here with us. He's going to be telling us about what it is, what they offer, and uh, how you guys out there can catch more fish. Um, and so, I, again, I don't want to ruin it too much because that's what this week's episode is about. So first big announcement, Private Water Fishing is jumping on with the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. So like I mentioned before, we're going to go ahead and just jump into this episode. But once again, please stick around because we have another exciting announcement after this episode is over. And so yeah, a very, very short intro here. We're going to go ahead and jump into it. So here is my interview with Steve Alexander of Private Water Fishing. Hey everybody, welcome to the show this week, and today we got Steve Alexander on. How you doing, Steve? Doing terrific, thank you. Yes sir, yes sir. I'm excited to have you on for a multitude of reasons, um, and we're kind of get, going to get into more of it here in just a little bit, but uh, before we get too far into the weeds, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, tell you, you know, tell us you know, who you are, where you're from, and what you do. You bet. Well, my name's Steve Alexander. I own a company called Private Water Fishing. We uh, lease uh, a little over 100 properties for uh, fishing, both in Texas and Oklahoma, and have about 900 members who uh, 
pay us to fish on those lakes. I'm a father of two boys, one 22, one 20, been married to the same lady for 26 years and uh, love to talk about anything pond or lake uh, fishing, any of those topics I'm uh, eager to talk about. Awesome. Awesome. And as I mentioned, I'm excited about this one because um, Private Water Fishing is actually going to become a new sponsor for the show. Uh, One of the first ones um, you and I met at the Backwoods show a few weeks ago, and I've kind of been teasing the listeners that we've, you know, have some stuff coming down the pipe. And, uh, and it's finally time to announce some of these partnerships. And so I'm very excited to have you on, and I'm very excited to have you, uh, you know, sponsoring the show. So really looking forward to it. And, and part of that today and part of the reason I want to have you on is just talk about, you know, like you said, what you guys do, um, what you have to offer the listeners, and uh, just a little bit about private water fishing. And so if you're ready, let's dive into it a little bit. You bet. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be a partner. We've been doing this, gosh, I think 20, we're in our 25th year. We've been doing it 24 years, uh, and we've wanted to expand in Oklahoma, and we've we've had some properties, and we've had probably 20, 30, 40 members in Oklahoma over the years, but we decided to committed uh, this past fall to really expand the market and come to Oklahoma, find some cool places for our members to fish. And we're not only looking for members, we're also looking for uh, lakes for our members to fish on. Great. Great. Yeah, I've been perusing the uh, the website a little bit, and uh, there's there's some not too far away from me, so I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. But uh, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but real quick, um, and obviously we're going to dive more into it, but just in a nutshell, what is private water fishing? Yeah, you bet. So it's an organization that leases private lakes from private ranches, and we have a membership who pay us to fish on those private lakes. I think the easiest way to kind of think of it as an Airbnb for fishermen. Mm -hmm. We have uh, exclusive arrangements with uh, various ranches. Again, I think it's the number 106, 107, uh, in which uh, we lease their lakes. You as a member pay a membership fee. Uh, And then in addition to the membership fee, you also pay a day rate. And that's kind of how the, the model works. We work by selling memberships. And most of the day rate that the member pays, that's how the landowners pay. Uh, very similar to the way that uh, Airbnb would work. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So how did this come about? What kind of gave you the idea? You, I didn't realize you'd been in business that long. That's a long time. Well, I, <laughs> candidly, I wish I could take credit for it. it <laughs> I did not come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. The idea was started by a real estate uh, guy in uh, Dallas, like I said, 25 years ago in August of 1997. Mm-hmm. I became a member in 2002. I grew up fishing ponds like a lot of people and mm-hmm. and uh, just loved the idea. And then in 2009, it's a much longer story, but I'll make it a short story. <laughs> I, wound, I was fortunate enough to be able to purchase the company. I was kind of one of those, John, one of those uh, crossroads in life where you say, I was kind of miserable in a corporate job. I was on an airplane all the time back east and in Canada, and I said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? And uh, I thought, what is it I really enjoy doing? And uh, I thought, you know, I really enjoy this little bass club deal that I'm a member of. So I approached the the ownership, and it took almost two years for, to convince them to sell it to me. Mm-hmm. And they did, 
and we purchased it in December 27th of 2009, and uh, it's been a great ride. I brought on a, a business partner, uh, let's see, 18 months ago. We had, this is just a small staff of four of us, and we have a few part-time people, but uh, it's just a small company, and we just enjoy helping people get involved in the outdoors, primarily fishing. We also do have a small duck hunting club for our Dallas area members. I think it's maybe 35, 40 uh, 40 members of duck hunting, but we're primarily a uh, fishing club. Awesome. Catch and release bass fishing club, I should, mm-hmm. to be more specific. Gotcha. Yeah, it really uh, it really hit home with me because I, growing up, I loved fishing also, you know, mostly uh, my family, we had a uh, an old, you know, deck boat for hanging out on, but we didn't have a fishing boat. And so most of my fishing was done in farm ponds and stuff like you are talking about. And then last year, my wife and I decided to, to branch out and buy a boat. And I was all excited. I headed out to the lake, and I quickly learned that I do not know how to fish in a lake because it's <laughs> it's just completely different. Um, you know, when you're fishing a two-acre stock tank, the fish are kind of trapped there. You know, it's hard for them to get away from you. Uh, so yeah, when you when you approached me and I uh, you know got on your website and did some, I was like, yes, this is my type of fishing. This is what I'm meant to do. So, so yeah, I yeah, love- the uh, little less pressure in the in these small lakes, big ponds, and. Uh, the fish are a little less educated, and you know the catch rates tend to be quite a bit higher than finding uh, or catching fish on public lakes. Yep. And of course, you get to do it in the, the solitude without anybody around you. It's mm-hmm. always just you. So one of the benefits we offer is when you lease the lake for the day, it's yours and yours exclusively. Mm-hmm. So we don't put any other members on there with you. There's nobody else on the on the pond or lake with you. Uh, and I probably should explain the difference between a pond and a lake. People have asked me that. Uh, there really is no clear definition, but really uh, we kind of say anything over 10 acres is a lake. And that's, for the most part, uh, 98% of our properties are 10 acres or larger. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, big, just big enough that you probably need a small boat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of our members have a, a John boat or a kayak or you can have a bass tracker, you know, 16, 18-foot aluminum boat. And then some of our guys, some of our bigger lakes that have concrete ramps, they'll bring their 21, 22-foot Skeeter, Ranger, what have you. Mm-hmm. So kind of uh, a myriad of options for you. So mm-hmm. Awesome. Sweet. I think I, I, think I uh, wandered there a little bit. I, I can't <laughs> remember okay. exactly where I wandered. That's all right. But... <laughs> That's all right. Um, little wandering's never a bad thing. So, um, so uh, we've talked a little bit about what it is now. Let's talk about kind of how it works. So, let's say I get on your website, I get a membership. Um, what do I do then? You know, how do I find a lake? How do I reserve it? Just talk us a little, little bit about how the website works. Yeah. So, again, very similar to uh, if you've ever rented a or leased a house through Airbnb or rental car or airline it's a four-step process you find the lake that you're interested in we have lots and lots of search features you can search by proximity to where you live it'll sort the lakes uh, by your zip code which is the closest you can sort things by uh, boat launch size you know is it can I launch a big boat Um, you can launch by or you pardon you can search by uh, price point uh, you can search by uh, crappie fishing or bass fishing. There's just uh, probably a half dozen different criteria that you can use. So you go on, you pick the lake that you want to go to. Uh, you 
you have two options. You can pick by the day, so you know that, hey, I want to go this Saturday, and there's a drop-down menu, and it shows the 73 lakes that are available for that Saturday. Or you can say, well, gosh, I know I want to fish that lake. Uh, then, then the calendar pops up, and you can see the days that are available. And we don't fish these lakes every day. In fact, we rest the lakes uh, between trips. We probably average just about eight to ten times a month that we fish the lake. So, uh, and we'll rest the lakes between trips, just like any animal. Fish become um, weary if you fish them too much. So we work hard to uh, to do that. And to my knowledge, we're the only private fishing club in the nation that uh, does such a thing uh, as resting the lakes. And some of these lakes, we have the demand that we could fish them every day, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't. We don't really fish them, like I say, more than about eight to ten times a month. So okay. keeps that way. It keeps the fishing good and the the uh, fish a little less educated. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So uh, and let me and let me get let me go back to so you go and you choose a lake, you pick the date, and then you uh, add any guests that you want to add to the uh, reservation, um, and then you hit submit, uh, and then it'll send you a confirmation, and in that confirmation will be your reservation number. It will also include the gate code. Um, almost all these properties are locked. Uh, some high fence, uh, some keypad entrance, some just a regular old. A combination lock. Uh, you enter the gate, or pardon me, you you get the gate code, and then also you get the GPS coordinates. So that's a hyperlink that's on your confirmation. So you just click the hyperlink, and it takes you from wherever you are in Oklahoma to the uh, lake that you want to go to. Um, also, that same email is sent to the landowner. Uh, so they know every single time somebody's on their property, nobody comes to the properties unannounced. You're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Everything is by advanced reservation only. Um, and then you're able to um, view your reservations. You can go back and see your past reservations like, hey, I know I had a great time at this lake, but I can't remember the name. You can go back and see your old reservations. You can uh, book up to three reservations at a time. So mm-hmm. that's in a nutshell kind of how it works. Gotcha. Very cool. And I know this question is going to come up, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Uh, when you reserve a lake, is it uh, per person? Is it per group? Is it different depending on the lake, or how does that work? Yeah. So well, we, we go ahead and talk about pricing So, uh, because that, that affects how it works. So a membership at Private Water Fishing is $375 for an individual and $475 for a family. That mm. The difference would be a family, you can take your wife and children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each person is a day rate. So the day rates average about 85 to to $100 a day per person. Uh, we do have half-day rates at most properties, and that's three-fourths of the day rate. Mm-hmm. So typical half-day rate would be 65 75 bucks, and then a typical full day rate would be 85 to 100. I have some that are more expensive and I have some that are less expensive, but that's kind of the average. Um, so um, where, do we, where were we headed with this? Uh, is it, yeah, in? price per person or by group? So. Oh yeah, it's price per person. Gotcha. I'm sorry, yeah. So it's price per person. Gotcha. Now let's say I'm a member and my buddy wants mm-hmm. to come with me. Can I reserve the lake, uh, you know, if we both pay for both of us, or do both members have to be a uh, member? No, you're, you're welcome to bring as many guests with you as you like. Mm-hmm. You can bring three, four, five guys with you if you want. 
Gotcha. Uh, the only caveat to that would be you could only bring the same guest three times in a calendar year. Mm. Kind of after you brought that guy more than three, and I say guy as most of our membership is, is male-oriented, but mm-hmm. after you brought that person three times, we kind of feel like you're sharing a membership, and mm-hmm. that's kind of violates the spirit of uh, private water fishing. Yeah. So, But, yeah, you're able to bring as many guests with you as you like. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you touched on this. And, and I oh. should I should mention also that children 12 and under, they fish for free. Oh. And youth, what we call youth 13 to 17, fish for about half price. Gotcha. And then once they re- reach the age of majority at 18, then they, they're considered an adult and pay the same uh, adult rates. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Awesome. And you touched on this a little bit too, but I'm sure a lot of people are wondering you know, if they have a, a kayak or a boat or whatever, um, are they allowed to bring bring that or is that kind of by pond also or lake? I keep saying pond. I should probably say lake. Uh, is that different per property? Yeah. Um, you can bring, again, I think with the exception of two properties, you're able to bring any type of watercraft that you can you know, safely put into the lake. We have a couple of properties where the landowner is not interested in having any outside boats mm-hmm. for the threat of a zebra mussel or giant sylvania. Mm-hmm. It has never happened in a private lake, but uh, those those couple landowners have that concern. Mm-hmm. So most of our members, um, um, you know, have uh, have a small boat, and uh, we also provide a John boat at most properties. Typically, it's just a small, you know, twelve foot John boat. And you bring your own trolling motor and battery, mm-hmm. and uh, you hop in and go. And then I have about 10 properties, which everything is furnished. Mm-hmm. You simply show up with uh, your fishing gear and the trolling motor, uh, foot control trolling motor, battery, boats, everything's hooked up, and you're ready to go. Those those are more of our premier properties mm-hmm. and probably a little bit higher on the, on the price point end. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, do any of the lakes let you keep some of the fish you catch? Is that kind of also just based on the the landowner? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked that. We are first and foremost a catch-and-release club. Mm -hmm. However, one of the pillars, and I I have five pillars for managing a lake. One of them is harvest. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got to take out some of the smaller fish if you ever want to grow bigger fish. It's really no different than cattle or deer management. I'm sure you talk about uh, deer management uh, mm-hmm. on your podcast. So you, you've got to you've got to remove the smaller fish. So probably on two thirds or three fourths of our lakes, we're actively harvesting bass, typically 14 inches and smaller. And uh, in fact, not only do we encourage you, we actually give our members a slight rebate. Hmm. And it's it's really not the money, but we, we do give you a five dollar credit towards your next. Um, fishing trip mm-hmm. if you'll help us take out the small fish it's it's uh you go back to your uh, reservation on our online system and you just register hey that john and steve were out fishing on tuesday at the at this lake and we removed 31 fish 14 inches and smaller and then we keep harvest totals uh for each of our properties and once we hit that goal should we hit that goal we stop harvesting for that particular lake and then we reset those goals uh, each and every year. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. so these aren't just some, you know, willy nilly lakes out there in somebody's pasture. These are, you know, somewhat managed and somebody's going to go out there and have a good time. Yeah. And managed at different levels. For instance, today, I, 
I mentioned to you, we started, I started early this morning and we were, uh, we picked up about, uh, 1600 pounds of tilapia and we went out and, uh, made nine different deliveries today. And we were, uh, the tilapia, are a, a feeder fish that we use to feed bass. Mm-hmm. We also stock the threadfin shad. We stock bluegill. Uh, we stock golden shiners. We stock a very, very, uh, forage fish. So yeah, we're actively managing, uh, these lakes, some more than others, some see no management, some see extensive management. And candidly, it's probably reflected in the uh, day rate mm-hmm. in, in which our members pay. And yeah. um, So we, we act as a consultant to our landowners and help them make educated decisions. Uh, we work oftentimes in conjunction with a lake management company. Some have an, an outside lake management company. Sometimes it's, they need a second opinion. Um, and then sometimes we are their lake management company. We're, we're the ones that they're calling for advice and, uh, that type of thing. And so, um, we've been doing it about 12 years and we have our own electrofishing boat. Uh, we do surveys on these lakes. Uh, we're, uh, take fish counts, check the, the health of the fish, uh, those types of things. So yeah, we're, we're very, very hands-on. Awesome. Awesome. That kind of tees up my next question perfectly. I was going to ask you about uh, kind of the price versus quality thing. Yeah. You know, you mentioned some lakes are kind of your averages, maybe the 80 to a hundred dollars. You have some that are cheaper and some that are more expensive. I was going to ask, like, I guess this is kind of just your personal opinion. You know, does that price reflect say the quality of fish? You know, if you're paying more, do you have a higher chance of catching a 10 pounder or if you're paying more, does that maybe just mean that, you know, maybe they have a dock or like you said, a, a provided boat, something like that is, is it more of the quality or more the experience, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. And it, it's a little bit of both. Uh, the longer I do this, the more I realize that convenience, people pay for convenience, especially in the metro areas, you know, in case OKC or Tulsa, uh, but here in Texas where we're located, you know, uh, it may take you an hour to get out of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And mm-hmm. so uh, our members really, really are willing to pay uh, to have a lake that's 45 minutes away than to have a lake that's two hours away. Mm-hmm. So uh, the price point is really determined a lot on proximity to a metro area. And I would say that's probably be one A and one B would be the quality of fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so our premier lakes tend to be further out. They tend to be bigger lakes. Um, and we have some landowners who are spending a great deal of money in uh, managing those lakes with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we charge a premium to, uh, to fish on those properties. So Gotcha. Um, Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. makes sense. All right. Well, I definitely wanted to get to this point. Uh, you know, you mentioned when we first started talking that you're you know, are trying to grow your Oklahoma base, you know, more members and more lakes and everything. So um, if somebody listening, you know, has a lake and they're like, hey, this sounds good. I could use some extra, you know, money in my pocket. Um, how should they reach out to you guys to maybe get their lake signed up for the program? Yeah, so uh, we uh, – you can – Call us at our office number, which is 214-871-0044. That's 214-871-0044. And our website is uh, privatewaterfishing.com. And we have a landowner portal where you can go in and ask questions, or you can ask us to contact you if you're not comfortable picking up the phone. But 
yeah, we're actively seeking lakes. You know, without lakes, we can't um, we can't sign memberships, and without uh, memberships, we can't really sign landowners. So it's kind of a chicken for the egg thing. We, I think we're now about uh, twelve or fifteen lakes in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the availability is fantastic. We candidly, we need both lakes and members mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. So we're we're uh, we've made the commitment to come. I've made more trips to Oklahoma in the last year than I had in the previous eleven years. <laughs> so yeah. uh, actively meeting with landowners, and mm-hmm. we've had a couple of get-togethers with our members up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So happy hour type things, and just trying to get the word out about private water fishing. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I just pulled up your website here. I, I meant to talk about this earlier, but I see some uh, east of Durant. I see some around Ardmore, some around Ada, uh, Oklahoma City area, south of Tulsa. So you're getting there. You're definitely getting there. Yeah, we're we're getting there. Working and working on uh, a couple of others. Working on a 160 acre lake mm-hmm. near Bray, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which is. Um, an hour southwest of OKC, and then uh, working on a premier property. Uh, I got my fingers crossed on this one. <laughs> it's a 35, 40-acre lake in Jenks, just outside of Tulsa, south of Tulsa. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like at least one of those will, will pan out. Where sometimes these uh, we have to dance with the landowner for a year or two to get mm-hmm. them comfortable with the idea of having people come on their property and mm-hmm. and uh, you know show them the, the quality of our membership and mm-hmm. uh, our expectations for our members that you're going to treat the property with respect. And, you know, we have a zero tolerance policy for breaking any of our expected rules, which a uh, member is required to sign and understand prior to becoming a member. Right. So, right. Well, if you ever yeah, need a, hoping- if you ever need an Oklahoma oh. test dummy, I know a guy, so just let me know. <laughs> Does his name start with J? It might. It might. It, yeah. it might. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, is there, you mentioned earlier that a lot of your lakes are, you know, 10 acres and above. Is there a minimum size? You know, if somebody has a six acre lake, should they hesitate to call or is that something you might be interested in? Probably hesitate to call if I'm being candid with you, mm-hmm. unless it was just really, really close to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to fish a six-acre lake more than two, three, four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 10 acres is kind of the minimum. Having said that, we have, I don't know, we probably have four or five for various reasons that fit some criteria that that we need or we needed a, a, a lake in a particular area that uh, or it was outstanding fishing, that mm-hmm. type of thing. But, we, you know, I guess I'd say 10-acre minimum. Well, having said that, we do have some six or seven, eight-acre lakes, a handful mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, by the way, I've never met a landowner that this is so interesting to me. They always Their lake is always bigger than they say it is or smaller than they say it is. Uh-huh. And for some reason, landowners love to make their lakes deep. They love to yep. tell me how deep their lake is. <laughs> like there's some... A uh, great thing about having a deep lake, uh-huh. and really, once the lake's twelve, thirteen, fourteen feet deep or deeper, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of benefit for the fish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I get on these, I, I get the call, and the landowner first thing he tells me is the size of the lake, and it's half that size. And the second thing he tells me is it's thirty feet deep, and mm-hmm. we get our survey boat out, and you know, the deepest water we can find is sixteen feet. So it's uh, <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. My uh, that, sounds, that sounds just like my grandpa. He he's passed away now, and the properties have been sold. But he had a a dairy, and they had to dig a new retention pond, and so he found a big old deep draw and started hauling dirt over there. And and he loved telling people that his uh, lake was over fifty feet deep. That was his claim to fame. <laughs> he didn't even fish. He didn't really even care about it. He just needed to do something with the dirt, so he built a you know big lake. And uh, but yeah, he he loved telling people how deep it was. That's funny you bring that up oh it's amazing it happens every time (laughs) awesome awesome uh this is a question i just kind of thought of you know you're talking about these different lakes and and everything um and i think i saw it on your website but i'm going to go ahead and ask the question anyway uh when somebody clicks on the lake is there any kind of like review you know do they kind of expect you know somebody's caught up to this size fish uh do y'all keep track of like a lake record or anything uh i guess is there just a sense of what people can expect to catch when they go to that particular lake. Yeah. It's another good question. Yeah. So first of all, out, outside of the description, which we tell you, you know, the lake is 32 acres. It's got water. Here we go. Water depth, of <laughs> 21 feet. Uh, you know, and, and we've, like I said, we never signed a lake without a survey. So mm-hmm. uh, in that we, we talk about what we saw in the survey, you know, had a lot of fish in the three to five pound range that type thing. And then quite often the landowner will tell us what the lake record is. But to answer your question, and this is a really, really cool thing, our website, we have a fishing report section. And our members, and we get a great, great um, turnout on this. It's voluntary, but our members are happy to share. Most of them are happy to share uh, based on, on their experience. So they went out and they fished on Saturday. They'll go back to the website and they'll say, I want to xyz lake and uh we caught um you know 31 fish and up to you know three pounds or we caught 12 of them you know over four pounds or whatever the the number is for that particular fish our big fish was six pounds eight ounces and we're catching them on uh you know green sinkos wacky rigged or Mm -hmm. you know and uh some members will give you extreme details some are a little more (laughs) tight-lipped um in some cases much to my dismay, but sometimes some members, when they catch a really big fish, they don't always disclose that to us because <laughs> um, they're afraid that uh, it'll be harder for them to get out on that property. But again, we manage those reservations so we never let a property get overfished. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so the, the the fishing report section, and then we also have, on our website we have a discussion section, mm-hmm. and some of those get kind of interesting. People will ask questions: Hey, what kind of trolling motor should I buy? Or Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about throwing an Alabama rig. What do you guys recommend or you know, whatever the question might be? And our members will chime in and give advice. And it really becomes a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you learn different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, other, we also offer group trips. In fact, one we typically do those in two locations, one in Marshall, Texas, which is almost on the Shreveport border. And then the other one we do near Ada, Oklahoma. And we'll have uh, – um, group of 12 guys go several times a year and it's a good way for our members to meet each other if you don't uh, really have a day-to-day fishing partner uh, maybe it's a good way to meet somebody that um, obviously shares the same interests you do and Mm -hmm. perhaps build a friendship and in some cases lifelong friendships uh, and hanging out and fishing together so uh, those have become more and more popular um, for our membership so again we do that at a really cool ranch in Oklahoma called uh, Cody Ranch, and they have, uh, I believe, eight or nine lakes 
and uh, as part of the group trip you can fish on any of those eight or nine lakes for a three-day weekend and so in fact we have another one of those coming up uh, in mid-may awesome yeah yeah i'm also i'm like i said i'm on your website right now and i see uh next to this lake there's a a tent symbol which i'm going to assume means a camping spot and then next to this one i think it actually says accommodations and so uh You know, if there's people listening from Oklahoma and they're saying, well, most of the lakes are in Texas, shoot, you got a vacation out of these these right here. <laughs> yeah, that uh, particular place, Cody Ranch, and near Ada, in mm-hmm. a little town called Colgate, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a cabin and a, a lodge that sleeps 12 people. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of camping. Probably 10% of our properties allow camping. Mm-hmm. Uh, our membership, for whatever reason, is not a big camping membership. They're more of a lodging membership. Mm-hmm. Or, candidly, uh, most just go fish for the day mm-hmm. and uh, come back. Uh, that's why that I mentioned the proximity is important. They want to mm-hmm. drive somewhere 45 minutes from their house, mm-hmm. fish for a few hours, and then catch their son's soccer game or grandson's soccer game at three o'clock that afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. I, I used to be a lot more willing to camp than I am nowadays. and I'm not super old, but I, I sure am starting to feel like it. So <laughs> My camping days ended, I'm uh, in my 50s, my camping days ended about 10 years ago. So yes. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Well, Steve, I think that's about all the questions I got. Is there anything we left out that you want people to know about? No, just... Uh... I say no, but yes, I, I want uh, people to know that we're we're happy to come to Oklahoma. We're committed to come to Oklahoma, and um, we we want to grow both our membership and our landowners. And I hope uh, uh, there it you know it's it's at a price point enough where a lot of people have questions. So mm-hmm. I hope people will call um, and ask questions, and we're we have a couple of us on the phone to to answer that and uh, just. Look forward to working with you and um, in our partnership, and uh, we're expecting great things from the state of Oklahoma. Awesome, man. So am I. So am I. <laughs> awesome, Steve. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. This was fantastic, and uh, I can't wait to see what uh, Private Waters Fishing does, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Look forward to working with you, John. Yes, sir. Big shout out for Steve for coming on the show. Not only coming on the show, but believing in the show, partnering with the show. Uh, We are very, very excited to have Private Water Fishing on board. If you're listening to this, please go check out their website, privatewaterfishing.com. They have, like he said, individual plans, family plans, group plans. Uh, So yeah, get some of your buddies together and y'all all go in together. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. I mean, I, just imagine your own giant private lake, uh, just you or you and your buddies, you and your family, whatever it might be, all to yourselves. And so, yeah, special shout out to Private Water Fishing. Really looking forward to working with you guys in the future. So that's part one, or I guess kind of part one and part two. We had the announcement of them coming on. We had the show with Steve and telling you guys what it was. And now we're on to announcement number two. So Private Water Fishing isn't the only partner we have now. We are also partnering with Deer Lab. That's right. Deer Lab is now going to be a part of the show. For those of you who don't know, Deer Lab is a, it's kind of an organization software for your trail cam photos, but it is much, much more than that. It is a 
learn about your deer or bear or hogs or whatever you want to be tracking. Um, but it, it compiles all your trail cam photos. You can put where the cameras are. Uh, it automatically brings in the, the time and date. It also brings in the weather and it truly helps you hone in on whatever it is you're after, be it a big buck, a bear, elk, whatever. Um, it can tell you, uh, you know, what weather that animal likes to come in on, what time of day you're most likely to see it, uh, moon phase, you know, if there's a certain moon phase that that animal likes. Whatever you want to track, Deer Lab tracks it. And we have an episode coming up later this summer with the owner and founder of Deer Lab, and he's going to teach you guys all about it. But until then, you get to listen to me talk about it. And so, yes, not only one, but two exciting partners for the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast. Once again, guys, I just want to thank you guys. Um, this is all because of you that the show is growing and we actually have companies who want to partner with us. And I'm excited to kind of pass those benefits on to you guys. And so, yes, second big announcement. Deer Lab is now a sponsor of the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast. So very, very exciting. And uh, now that we have kind of the announcements out of the way, really the big show is out of the way, it's just going to be me. So if you guys want to tune out now or shut it off, completely understand. Uh, But if you got nowhere to go and no place to be, I'm going to keep talking. So to start off the uh, rambling portion of this deal, I got a fishing story for you. So um, actually, it was kind of inspired by uh, my conversation with Steve. I recorded it uh, last week, and uh, so I I just kind of had pond fishing on the mind. Um, I mentioned, you know, back in the fall or winter that um, I'd gotten some permission on two ponds that I had permission on way back in the day for duck hunting, and uh, I also have fishing permission on those. And so uh, one of them I'd fished a long time ago, like, back in high school, uh, but another one I'd never tried to fish, uh, but the owner of it said that uh, his kids had gone out there and caught a few fish, so I'd been wanting to get out there and try to catch something, and uh, so not only just talking to Steve about, you know, fishing ponds and stuff, but it has been so dadgum windy. Uh, I mean, I know we live in Oklahoma, I know it's a windy state, but, you know, my little corner of south, southern, southeastern Oklahoma is not like crazy windy usually, but this year the wind has just been completely out of control. And so I wouldn't want, wasn't wanting to get the boat out on the water. So I figured, you know, why not try some old, good old farm pond fishing? And so Friday when I left for work, I went ahead and threw my tackle box and uh, some fishing poles in the back of the truck, went to work. Worked all day, and then uh, after I got off work, I headed out to this little farm pond. And, uh, I mean, this thing is, it is a pond. It is not a lake. Um, I'm going to say maybe acre and a half, like maybe. And so, pulled out there in the pasture, and of course, the wind is blowing like at least 20 miles per hour. I mean, the wind was howling. And so, not sure why, but for some reason, I uh, pulled to the downwind side, which was probably a terrible decision. Um, And so, like, I'm trying to cast... And the wind is blowing so hard that if I, like, cast it out to the side, the wind would, like, catch my line, my thin little monofilament line, and pull my bait, like, out of line. And so I could really only fish kind of this small little section in front of me. And I'd already thought, like, hey, I need to go to the other side. But I figured I was there. Might as well cast a few times. And so on about my third cast, I got hit and uh, didn't catch it. And so cast back out there and uh miss him that time so uh i was like all right i'm gonna give it about three more casts and i'm gonna go the, gonna go the other side first cast out there bam hits it again 
still miss him. And so I'm kind of mess. I'm fishing a little weedless worm. Uh, you know, that's about all I can get out there. And so um, I, I reel it in and I mess with my worm and I basically get it to where the hook is just barely poking out the other side because uh, I want it to be weedless. There's some grass in there. And so, uh, so cast it out there again, right in the same spot and wham, get hammered. And so, uh, I'm fighting it, reel it in. And it actually turned out to be the biggest fish I caught all day. Uh, it was probably like a, probably like a two and a half pounder. I'm going to say two pounds, something like that. And so kind of blew me away really. Cause like, again, like there's no vegetation around this pond. Uh, he has horses out there, so it's all, you know, churned up. Uh, all the vegetation is well, basically non-existent, you know, the horses eat it down to the stem. Uh, so I really wasn't expecting much from this pond, but right off the bat, caught a pretty nice bass. Uh, so I throw it back and I was like, all right, forget this. I'm going to go to the other side where basically I'm casting with the wind now and can reel it straight in. So I went to the other side, immediately hook another fish. Uh, that's great. Hook another fish. Awesome. And then it kind of slows down. So I was like, all right, time to change it up. Uh, I'd been fish- fishing that weedless worm. Uh, pulled out a little crawdad, throw it out there, wham, get hit again, and uh, man, it was so fun. Like, the fish weren't big, you know, most of them were probably in the three-quarter to one-pound range. Not like tiny fish, but but not big ones either, uh, but it was fun, man, and uh, I was fighting the wind. I changed baits a few times. Uh, I ended up putting a little white swim bait on, and that thing really hammered them. Like, I wish I would have started with that, but uh, I was there for a little over an hour, not an hour and a half, probably like an hour, 15 minutes, something like that. Ended up catching 11 bass. And, uh, the only reason I left was because they just tore that little swim bait up. So I think I caught six fish on that white swim bait and, uh, I was supposed to go meet, uh, some of my buddies for dinner. And so I, uh, ended up leaving after 11, but, uh, I mean, double digit bass out of a little bitty farm pond, I will never, ever complain about that. Even if they're not giants, it's just fun to catch fish. And so that was the best fishing day I've had in a long time. I've said it before on here. When it comes to the lake, I'm still learning. I'm definitely still learning. I've now finally caught a few fish out of the lake. Uh, But man, I just, I love going to those little farm ponds and just catching fish. Like that's just fun to me. So so that's how my weekend started off Friday, uh, catching some awesome fish. And then Saturday, I headed to the Ada area and did a land consultation. So it's always fun to get to walk new properties and see new sites. Uh, this particular property was was kind of a booger, honestly. Um, lots of wide open uh, pastures that they cut for hay. And then towards the back, there was uh, some you know rougher rocky areas that they were trying to draw some deer out of. And uh, it was funny. Uh, it really, it laid out almost exactly like the property I'm hunting now. Like I said, mostly cattle, wide open pasture at the front, and then in the back, you got some deer areas to the south. And so, um, but it was kind of nice because like, like I said, that's kind of what I've been dealing with. And so it was cool to kind of walk them through that, talk them through that, talk about some options. Um, they are currently in the process of trying to buy some more land from their neighbor. Um, and so if they get that, I think they have some some really, really awesome things ahead of them. Uh, but for now, we kind of just focused on what they had because that was the guaranteed deal. And so, uh, yeah, we got to talk about, uh, you know, doing some some cuts, uh, working in some bedding areas, expanding some food plots, um, wind direction. That was a big deal. Um, access can be kind of hard, especially, like I said, it was a very wide open property. So getting in and out of stands, um, 
These people are very, very generous. You know, they love bringing uh, guests and first-time hunters. Um, they have some kids that are getting old enough to hunt now. Uh, so yeah, it was just it was really awesome to walk that property with them, and you know, hopefully help them improve it for the future and the future generations. Like I said, the kids coming up. So so that was a whole lot of fun. Spent most of the day on Saturday doing that. And then, uh, yeah, I, I actually came back Saturday for my uncle's 70th birthday, so that was really fun. Uh, I got to see a lot of my like parents' old relatives and friends and stuff that uh, I hadn't seen in a really long time, so that was a lot of fun. And then Sunday, basically just hung out with my wife all day. Um, she had been gone over the weekend, and so we just got to spend some time together and hang out, so that was really fun. This coming weekend, I always like to give you my future plans. Uh, I am going to try to do some turkey hunting on Saturday. And so I think I mentioned last week, uh, we actually have a wedding out in West Texas. Uh, one of my wife's friends from school. And so we're going to be headed out that way. But my wife is in the wedding, so she has to go out uh, on Friday. And then I'll be coming on Saturday. And so I think I got it worked out. Um, I got to find somebody to let our dog out, but uh, I'm going to try to actually drive out Friday also to my buddy's place in West Texas where I uh, have been deer hunting the last couple of years, and he has quite a few turkeys out there also, and so I think I'm going to try to drive out there Friday, stay in his little cabin, and then wake up and do some turkey hunting on Saturday. So going in basically completely blind, um, you know, none of the feeders are running, all the cameras are out of batteries and everything like that. It's basically been sitting since deer season. So I have zero intel, um, just kind of going off of, you know, what little knowledge of the property I have and where we see turkeys in the fall. And so I don't know how that relate to turkeys in the spring. Um, I've tried to do some turkey hunting out there like one time. I went out there one time, uh, but a, actually a, a huge storm rolled in, and I basically just drove out there and got stuck and spent the rest of the time trying to get back to the road. And so never really turkey hunted out there. Um, but I'm kind of excited for the challenge, you know, like I'm, you know, like I said, nothing's set up. I haven't done any scouting, so it's just going to be going in early calling hopefully get some responses uh and again like there are quite a few turkeys out there um it's just whether or not i can find them and then obviously if i find them whether or not i can call them in because uh one thing i've learned about turkey calling uh or hunting and calling is when you have that many birds it can be more challenging sometimes because you just have that many more birds that you have to convince or trick to come in and so, uh, yeah, I don't know where exactly we're at with the breeding season because I haven't been out there. Um, I don't know if birds are still grouped up. I don't know if you got solo birds running around. Um, I think at this point I'll shoot just about anything that's legal. Um, and so, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, a big old rope dragon, uh, Jake, I'm sorry, not Jake. Hopefully a big old rope dragon Tom will come out. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'd be opposed to shooting a Jake. I don't know. Um, I believe in Texas you get four birds still. I don't think they've lowered their, their limits in Texas, especially in this area. And so, you know, potentially I could shoot a whole bunch of birds. I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but I can dream. And so going to be taking all my turkey stuff. Um, I'm hopefully going to bring my, at least my GoPro, uh, you know, I'll be out there by myself. So I don't know how much filming is going to happen, especially, I mean, like self-filming a deer hunt is hard enough. I think self-filming a turkey hunt is even more challenging because, I mean, they just see so well. Um, you got to be really camoed up. You got to really watch your movement. 
Um, but I'll probably just take the GoPro anyway. You know, maybe if I hear one come in, I'll just kind of point it in the general direction. Um, yeah, you never know what'll happen. So I guess I, I could always clip it on my gun. That might be fun. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's all the stories I got for you this week. So did some fishing, uh, did a consultation, planning to hopefully do some turkey hunting. Um, and then man, once we get into May, uh, I'm hoping that first weekend in May, I might be able to set my deer blinds up and stuff. Need to get my food plots going. And then I know I keep talking about it, but my little girl is going to be here before too long. So so yeah, I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's really all I got for you this week. Um, man, I have several more episodes lined up for you guys, and so I uh, already got one or two in the bank. I got some more scheduled for next week, and so we continue to roll on. I want to thank you guys once again for listening to the show, sharing the, the show, listening to the show, um, and I hope you guys continue to do it. So we got some exciting partners coming on. Again, the show is growing. And once again, that is all because of you guys. So thank you guys so much once again for listening. This is the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. And until next time, I will see you guys right back here.